and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Very well, David. As always, do I do I ever say it's not going well? <laughs> no, you don't. Maybe like the beginning of uh, COVID and stuff you did. Maybe like this time last year, like, ooh, I don't know how it's going, actually. But uh, for the most <laughs> well, part, it's we're, going, we're it's in pretty going good well. It's going better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really well. Yep. Um, so spring football got underway this week. Uh, kind of weird. Like we didn't get to see a whole lot, which um, or when I say a whole lot, we didn't get to see anything. Um, so it's it's a little tricky to talk about it this week, but that's what we're going to get to. Um, a couple days worth of interviews, I guess, got a little bit of a peek behind the scenes from just what guys have been talking about. Um, some some interesting guys we got to talk to this this week, Tyler Van Dyke, um, Keyshawn Smith today. And then, you know, other than that, kind of the usual suspects, Bubba Bolden, Mike Harley. Um, you also, I, I realized, I don't think we talked very much about like the transfers you got to talk to a couple of weeks ago. So maybe, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of insight into those guys. Uh, so what I've got written out today, I've got basically 10 takeaways from the first week of spring. There are a mix of things uh, we know and a lot of things that just, you know, a lot of these takeaways are basically we can't know. We don't know. Um, right. So we're just going to try to hit on a little bit of everything this week. Uh, and number one I have on the list is what I've basically been saying. It's pretty weird that we can't see anything. Like even, it it's even it's even I think weirder than like during the season when we couldn't see anything during practice because, you know, you at least were getting a game every week or every couple like, you know, other than buys. Yeah, you were point. seeing the team every week. You, you got a sense right. of what the progress was the team was making. Um, I guess we'll see a spring game at uh, in about a month here, but until then it's like a total mystery. Like once when they come out for that spring game, they could look like they could be running the triple option and we would have no idea. Yep, exactly. We, we really don't know. It's all, uh, you know, it's all Miami speak, whatever. Yeah. Tell us and the players don't tell us much. That's for sure. And the coaches keep it, you know, pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. And, uh, everything's positive and you know I, I that's and that's the way i would expect it but it's very difficult it really is difficult when you haven't looked and you haven't seen receivers dropping the ball i'm not dropping the ball now yeah. but you've seen anything um or or receivers making great catches or something you just you just don't know so you know everybody has to you know temper whatever we write or say it's based on what you know what we've seen i well, excuse me what what, what the we have what are, the coaches are seeing and are telling us seen, yeah exactly yeah it's yep. all um like through uh it's like a game of telephone almost right yeah it is and the thing is we we have seen so the newest guys i mean the freshmen it's really gonna be hard i mean it, I, like uh for example i don't know um, it's basically the freshmen, the quarterbacks, and the transfers. Like we just have no idea what they look like at all. Right, the freshmen. You know, even guys last year that we, you know, that yeah, that's that's why I kind of throw the quarterbacks in because technically Tyler Van Dyke has been around, but we've never. I mean, we've never really yeah. seen Tyler Van Dyke throw a football, like right, because we didn't see practice last year either. Right. So, so uh, let's you know we'll we'll use our quote unquote sources, but, um, you know, how much do, do they see it? And, 
they might be people who are going to tell us the same stuff as the coaches tell us. So, okay, let's go yeah. though. Let's yeah, start. yeah. All right. So that was actually number one on my list. So that counts. That, was number that counts as okay. a, my first takeaway because I think it kind of defines everything that we are talking about for the next 30 minutes or however long we're going to talk about spring football. <laughs> um, but number two on this list, I had to start with the quarterbacks. Uh, and I have to start with the quarterback who you got to talk to earlier this week. I actually was not on that Zoom. Um, that's Tyler Van Dyke. The uh, a little bit of a hype train, I think, for him. Like not like he's going to start over Dr. Sure. King or anything, but um, everyone we've talked to about him has raved, which you expect. Um, but you were also pretty impressed, well, I think, talking to him, right? Yes, um, I think what they're raving about, it seems, is the whole person yeah uh, the leadership the side of things the basically. leadership they all feel the um uh, that he's uh, done he's crushed the off-season workouts and Rhett Lashley and Manny Diaz told us that uh, the kid has been just fabulous and you know I think they mean it um yeah. he's done everything right he's led all the off-season leadership stuff and and the lifting and the whatever he's He's kind of been number one. Um, and obviously that's super important. Um, you know, no, they haven't talked too much, except uh, it might've been, was it to Corey Couch today, who, um, who said that he looks good. Yeah, actually today was the first day someone said he really looks good throwing the ball. Yeah. Tight spaces. Um, he's good on the field. That was to Corey Couch today, but nobody else has talked too much about that. Um, now, my impression of him was a real good impression. Um, yeah. I really liked him. Very uh, cliche earth. He really, you could tell, already used to these Zoom sessions. See these guys, see what they say, and mm -hmm. what, and he really seems since and and really he was answering the question. Honestly, it seemed he was uh, kind of unassuming. Definitely not a, you know, like like Manny Diaz was saying, he's not a Hollywood, you know, Hollywood in quotes top guy. Like a yeah. guy who's going to be the star of the next uh, sports flick. You have, I mean, he's he's low key, but I I I really liked him. He's serious. He seems fairly bright, um, and he was honest. He was crushing. He talked about confidence. Um, you definitely got this from talking to him. And he admitted that he uh, basically needed his confidence to grow. And that's what he's been working on. Mm -hmm. And um, he's been hanging, you know, watching what De'Ara King does uh, and trying to learn from him. Um, I mean, he, he, he had a very good, excellent career at um, – when he was, you know, played in, in Connecticut for a prep school yeah. at a smaller kind of, and um, the thing is, you, you wonder how he's going to do against big time competition. I know you went to paradise camp a couple of years ago, a few years yeah, ago. He looked good, but of course he he's really brought in basically, I think he was committed already at that point. They're doing everything to make that yeah. guy look like succeed basically. Yeah. Plus it was seven on seven. He was just, yeah, yeah it's different. There was no lineman or anything coming at him. Mm -hmm. So he was just, he was just, you know, passing, the, threading the ball and doing very well. Um, he's big. I like that. He's big. Yeah, he looks the part, definitely. He's, and that's, he's up to 225 pounds. Um, 
so it's funny we're gonna go from De'Ara King who's this you know small quarterback to uh, in all likelihood the starting cornerback in 2022 is going to be you know Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia are probably the two favorites and those one are of two, those those are two yeah. big like traditional looking quarterbacks it's going to be yeah, a, but Jake, a pretty big shift it will be a big shift but and here's what's going to happen I mean it could be Jake Garcia I think I have a feeling Jake Garcia who you know they they said today uh or they said the other day, uh, last week, has a foot injury. So he's mm-hmm. being um, slowly integrated into practice. He is getting throws maybe seven on seven. Like, yeah. You know, nobody's no contact. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's contact, honestly. No, not really anyway. But yeah, nothing where there would with, be. Nothing with quarterbacks. They just yeah. don't do But anyway, Jake Garcia is much, you know, he's much skinnier. He's much leaner. Yeah, but he's, he's getting bigger, but that's what happens with all with all freshmen. He's going to end up being, you know, bigger too. I think he's six three. Um, mm-hmm. What I say? He's probably it says two hundred. I bet it, I don't know if he's. I bet he's. I don't know if he's two hundred. But he might be. He might be. But Jake Garcia, I think Manny Diaz uh, said something. I think yesterday on QAM that Jake um, was actually looking good. And um, somebody, oh, Keyshawn, right? Smith, who's a yeah. kid, the receiver, uh, freshman receiver. Yeah, out of San Diego. So he's got the uh, the West Coast connection, as he mentioned, with Jake Garcia. Co- yeah, he said he really likes, um, he really, he said, Jake's my guy. He, he, he said, Jake's my guy. I speak to him all the time. He's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Coast, blah, blah, blah. He's a nice dude. He has an arm. He's someone to look for in the future. So, That'll be an interesting competition, um, you know. And I was thinking about this, David. Players, all receivers, you know, often, especially receivers, they kind of gravitate towards usually one quarterback or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a guy who came in with them in their class. Yeah. So, you know, like to you know, like, well, Corey's a cornerback, but he's talking about Tyler, and the other guy is, ta- you know, because he knows him. So yeah. Um, yeah, so quarterback wise, that's we're really not going to know without seeing. Yeah, the spring game is going to tell the whole story there. Um, but it's, it, I mean, it's interesting because it is a pretty important, as we've talked about a lot, it's pretty important this, this spring for those two guys, as we said, because um, one of them has a real chance to get a leg up on the competition um, mm-hmm. going into uh, 2022. And I think, you know, Jake Garcia, because he's such a big name, a lot of people just kind of like thought about him. But, um, yeah, I think Tyler is this spring. Uh, Miami's going to basically do everything to make it like this isn't even, um, you know, a competi- like a, a real competition. And I believe that it is. Like these guys are both uh, very talented. Obviously, Tyler has a full year now on campus. He got here for the spring last year. Right. So um, I think there's like, you know, again, we we don't we haven't actually seen him. It's all smoke from people talking about how uh, you know great he is. But you talk to him, you you got the, kind of the same impressions that Miami's given off, at least in terms of, like the personality thing, and and that's mm-hmm. obviously really important. Uh, next thing I have on here, sticking with the quarterbacks, I think it's uh, all about tempering expectations for Jake Garcia. I think the uh, the foot injury, as you mentioned, just meant that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it was luck because I think it was an open competition no matter what, but like it kind of lets Tyler, who's the 
more veteran guy sort of be the guy for the first stretch of spring. Like, you know, he was the first guy who talked to the media exactly. on uh, Tuesday or whatever day it was. Uh, he's, he's like, it's clearly like a one, like one, a one B or even one, two thing right now, I think rather than just being like a tie for one between the two. And, they, and that and doesn't they, mean by the end of the spring, maybe Jake Garcia is like incredible once he gets up to full strength, but it gives yeah. him, he's, he's definitely, I think it feels like he's chasing a little bit right now, which is, is probably good. Well, I, I think uh, uh, it, it gives Jake, like, not only is it good for Tyler, but it's, it's also really good for Jake. Yeah. It takes, yeah. He, does, he doesn't get anointed from the day he steps on campus as the, yeah, it, of ta- the program. It, it takes pressure off him for yeah. sure. And I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think they really like him. Everything I've heard, I think he's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've got to see, I've got to see Tyler, but you can't help but thinking Jake was this extremely sought after quarterback and he's, he's has a totally different personality. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you and I have both spoken to him at length and uh, before he got to UM and um, he's really outgoing, um, very friendly. I, I mean, Tyler is, too. Yeah, you can understand why like guys gravitate toward Jake Garcia, right? Like he's got that confidence that, uh, you know, yeah. as, as his coaches have said, it's like it's pretty notable that he went, you know, he transferred to Georgia for his senior year so he could play some football in the fall with California mm-hmm. pushing their season to the spring and his plans right. to early enroll. Transfers to Georgia, takes over as a starter at one powerhouse school. Uh, gets ruled ineligible there because he moved. <laughs> then he goes to a different right. school and another powerhouse, Grayson, which is like kind of the powerhouse in Georgia in a lot of ways, and takes over as a starting quarterback there. Like he came into two programs that are really well established and took the starting job. And obviously, you know, he's the highest ranked guy, he's probably the most talented, but you know, I assume whatever quarterback he was going to replace at Grayson was a pretty good quarterback too. And I, th- I think that speaks to. I think one of the really the only thing we can really kind of judge off of this spring with the quarterbacks, at least until the spring game, is what they are as like personalities off the field, kind of like what are what are guys thinking about them? And I think they both they're different, as you noted, Tyler and Jake, but they both seem to hit like check the boxes for what you want in terms of like a leader personality at the quarterback spot. Yeah, the only thing I I want to see I with van dyke is he he is from a small market i know i yeah smaller yeah there's not a the competition in connecticut is not southern california or georgia or south florida yeah not nearly can't even compare so um yeah i mean we just have to see them play that's all yeah yeah i think that's um like there's no i mean that's kind of where i come down is like there's no way i i don't think tyler van dyke could have started a game last year and it gone. Oh, I mean, we saw yeah, no. Whereas Jake Garcia, just based on the level of competition, like guys come out of Southern California or Georgia and start as freshmen all the time. Like right. Trevor Lawrence did it. Um, yeah. And, you know, those guys are obviously really big recruits, but a lot of freshmen quarterbacks start, but they're usually guys who have really been tested. Not to say that Tyler Van Dyke was a project, but again, like right. he was not playing against a lot of division play one players in Connecticut. I think the the year, probably has helped him as much as, as it helped any court. Like even looking at comparing him to like Peyton Matoka, who's from Texas, like 
I'm sure it was not as much of a culture shock for him coming to um, Miami. You know, he's not as talented as Tyler, but it's there's still just a, it's a big difference coming from you know from the Northeast to to ACC football. Right, and they haven't listen. It, it does. Let's be honest here. They got we got Tyler. We knew we weren't going to get Jake because he's yeah. A tr- True freshman, but, but Matoka, this is his third year. Okay, yeah. We once and if 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 he was like thought of as a real contender, um, I'm not talking about if like everybody goes down. Okay, I'm talking yeah. Let's see others. They would have brought him in already to talk to us. So that's yeah. the and again, just going back to like I I don't want to like. I feel like almost when we talk about the guys we get to interview, it sounds like we're like media talking about media and like who really cares. But I think it does matter. It's an insight this spring in a, in a spring without insights. Um, and it's notable that Tyler came out on the second day. Like they easily could have been like, no, we're going to wait until the second or third week. Like that's notable. I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. But it's, but I, yeah, I also it's not did- surprising that he's the first one that oh. came out. It surprised me how quickly they brought him out. I, I guess I should say. Yeah, I guess so. But I had a feeling that was going to happen pretty quickly because, um, yeah, one reason I did a big, big story on Jake Garcia. Yeah. Half the front page on a Sunday, which is all like he's ready to take the reins. I didn't write that. I didn't write that. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, you know, we made a big, I think they needed to, to get the other guy out too in the open. So uh I'm glad they did. All right. Number four on my list. Uh, What we know about the state of the offensive line. Uh, You wrote about this today uh, because we talked to you, Zion Nelson, who's the starting left tackle and, had sort of a, you know, had a, obviously you, it was part of what you wrote about in the, in your story, which you can check out at miamiherald.com or in uh, the Friday edition of the Miami Herald uh, that he was terrible as a freshman kind of thrown into the fire and he kind of had a breakout June sophomore year. Now he's kind of the, I mean, he's the first or I guess second offensive lineman we talked to. He's the anchor of this offensive line. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who I, you know, he's starting to get some talk about like what kind of an NFL draft prospect could he be? Um, and as you wrote about today, two years ago, this offensive line was arguably the worst in the country. Um, they still gave up probably too many sacks last year, but they are really deep. Eight guys with starting experience and they have a chance to be one of the better units uh, in the ACC. And I think that's something I feel pretty confident saying, even without seeing any any action from spring this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're much approved. I mean, they, they look at, they do, they still have a, still have a ways to go this yeah, year. Yeah. You noted that, but, that they were still like bottom 30 in the country well, in sacks allowed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in sacks, it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I think they got, I think they regress like a lot of the other, rest of the team. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, it's, I don't know if it's, Less, but I know at a certain point, even ways through the season, they regressed a little. But, um, you know, it's interesting because you went 32nd in the nation in total offense, total offense, okay, Uh 29th best in the passing game, um, in total passing, but there was only 67th best in rushing. Um, and they 
you know, they, they allowed 30 sacks this past year. Um, and, and then the year before though, and so 30 sacks, I didn't think it was, it was tied with South Florida for a hundred, the total amount of sacks, David, total. So mm-hmm. Game. So really it's that's not a great step, but 30 sacks. Yeah. Tied with South Florida for 116th nationally, which isn't good. Um, now in 2019, though, they were ranked 128th uh of 130 FBS teams. Okay, so they were like second worst in the country. Sacks uh, excuse me, in that category, they allowed 51 sacks two years ago, but last year. Um, they also, they were 99th in the country in, in sacks per game. So that still isn't very good. Seven, three. Yeah. I think they have to get better. Uh, I think they are going to be a lot better. All these guys returning, they've got to get better. Uh, Corey Gaynor said a lot of his experience and age and, and, uh, and they have to run the, they have to run the ball. Better. Yeah. The, the running, the run blocking was what stood out as the issue last year, yeah. I think. Um, and it honestly really stood out the year before too. You think of all the sacks they gave up, but yeah, they've got to be better run blocking. They've got a lot of guards now. Um, you know, Navon Donaldson once upon a time was this team's best offensive lineman. He yeah. tore his ACL and now who knows, you know, he's in the mix to start somewhere on the offensive line. Um, Zion today said that he's got Ja'Kai Clark and Jalen Rivers splitting time next to him at that left guard spot. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark's kind of been the starting left guard for the most part for the last two years, but you know, Rivers was a huge recruit uh, coming out of high school. A guy could wind up as a tackle long-term, but, but certainly like could be one of the, the most talented offensive linemen they have on this roster, especially if you stick him at that guard spot. Mm-hmm. I think that just the number, the, the competition is like, that's notable. They've got, like I said, eight guys with starting experience plus um, Isaiah Walker, who was a big recruit and, and sat out last year with an injury uh, when he transferred from Florida, plus uh, you know, Michael McLaughlin, who they have, the, the freshman in the building who you know, will give him some depth at tackle, plus a couple, good, uh, a couple other good freshmen coming in in the fall. You know, I'm not expecting like Brian Rodriguez and, and Lawrence Seymour to be able to come in and start right away, especially since they aren't here in the spring, but there's just a lot of, you know, that's like 10, 11 guys who are kind of part of your long-term vision, right? Which like, I think the last couple of years, the depth when you've got guys like, you know, and no, no offense to guys like, like Zelante Hillary and Kylie on Herbert, um, you know, those guys were just, they were never going to start again here, right? Like their, their time has passed. They were just kind of depth. Um, they were never seriously like pushing these guys. And, he, and then it was a mix. The, the backups were kind of a mix of those kind of guys. And then guys like Chris Washington, Adam Elgamal, who are totally like developmental pieces that right. you, know, you don't want to stick them in right away. Now, Miami, I, I feel like they're going to go into the fall feeling like they've got nine, 10, 11 guys at that position that they at least like would feel comfortable putting out there if, if they needed to. All right. Number five here. Is Keyshawn Smith the number two wide receiver, number three wide receiver? It's interesting. Another one to read way too much into what we saw or what we've done in interviews this week. But uh, he's the second wide receiver we have talked to in yeah. spring practice. And he was, yeah, he which was. Is, he was refreshing today. I kind of liked him, right? Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, again, 
do you want to read that much into this? Who knows? But I think it's notable that, you know, we got Mike Harley on Monday, which we all expected. They didn't give us Rambo. I kind of, but you had, you had talked to him what last week or two weeks ago, something like yeah. that. So it made sense. They're not going to bring him out quite yet, but uh, Keyshawn Smith, we got to talk to him before we talked to Mark Pope, before we talked to D Wiggins, before we talked to, uh, you know, Michael Redding or Xavier Restrepo or any of the other freshmen from that, that group last year. It's kind of interesting. It, you know, he flashed a lot last year, caught, caught a couple deep balls, had a touchdown. We, he was kind of the guy that I feel like from that freshman class, we kept like hearing about like, Oh, he's really impressing us in practice. Um, again, we don't know if he's actually doing anything in practice right now, but they, you know, they wouldn't bring him out to talk to us if he wasn't a factor in what this offense is potentially going to look like uh, in the spring game. Yeah, I, I agree. The rest of them, who knows? They always talk about the receivers. Just prove it to me other than Mike Harley. So, and I, and he, he you said he caught a couple of good passes. That's what he caught. A couple. Yeah, two. Yep. I think yeah, two so, deep balls, I, one for a touchdown. But I liked him. I liked that. He said his, his strength is going deep. That sounded good to me. Right. So. Yeah. That's always, I feel like whenever you, whenever you noticed him last year, it was uh, either he was catching a deep ball or someone was over. I think Cozy missed him on a deep ball in the bowl game. Um, but like, yeah, that was what he was doing. He was coming in and he was going deep and he was uh, stretching the defense, even if he wasn't catching passes, which I think they felt like they missed last year. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, number six. The safeties room is deep and we'll get even deeper uh, again to read way too much in interviews on Monday. The two of the first people we talked to were Bubba Bolden and Amari Carter. Obviously Gervin Hall is also back. That's three safeties with starting experience. Um, That's a really deep group. We expected it to be deep. Obviously James Williams is also coming in in the fall, uh, who is one of the two five-star recruits in this class. They've got Cameron Kinchins now, um, in the building, who is uh, you know was a pretty big recruit coming out of Miami Northwestern, and then you've got like, you know they they feel good enough there that they moved Jalen Harrell to cornerback, right? And Tyreek mm-hmm. Stevenson could have been a safety easily. They're putting him at cornerback. They, I think they feel really good about that safeties group, and for good reason. Yeah. Oh, I that's definitely their deepest position um, on defense, right? And. I love the, I think we talked about this. I love the Avante Williams. I know he's, I know he's first year, but I love the Williams and Williams, right? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Avante Williams. I totally forgot to mention him. That's, um, that's, that's definitely been one of the big takeaways of the last couple of weeks, right? Is that like, 
they like him. They're, he's they're impressed by him. I wonder if we'll yeah. talk to him next week. I, I, I'd love that. Oh man, but I but I'm gonna be on vacation. <laughs> you might have to anyway, pop in for that one. Listen, I'm just glad we got the quarterback. I'm I'm very appreciative of that. But yeah. I, um, uh, no, they're they're deep. I mean, but Irvin and 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 they've got a lot of talent at safety. And Amari, I, I'm gonna have faith. My I'm I'm putting my faith in Amari that he's gonna. He's going to uh, stop getting ejected. Reduce. Yeah, he's going to I hate. Come on, guys. Stop. Stop making fun of him. He's such a good kid and he's so mature. He really is. And he gets it. He does get it. He understands he's been doing stuff wrong. And uh, and he, I, I, I just hope he fixes it. So although he did look a little confused in, at the end of the season, he didn't look as strong. Mm-hmm as once and maybe he got more insecure or something i don't know but uh they have a lot of they have a lot of good safeties yes they do yeah so that that should help but i the defense you know they they need some good players yeah um speaking of safeties and the defense um another big question we're going to have this spring that we're not going to know about really until the spring game is what is tyreek stevenson bringing to this defense I think the guys are clearly excited to have him. I think you know a lot of them obviously knew him when he was in high school um, and knew how good he was and know how good he was at Georgia. Um, I think the jury's out on how good he'll be as a you know number one cornerback, but I think right. people are excited to have him involved in this defense because they know what the like the ceiling is there, basically. Yeah, and I, I think it was to Corey today who said that he's very organized, like he's, his brain is good and that he, he'll say, he'll tell people they need to know about the receivers they're going against. And, you know, before they do, uh, they need to be prepared. And um, he was, to Corey Couch was, was impressed by him. Um, you you got to think he's, uh, he's going to play a lot, right? Yeah. Also interesting, we got to Corey Couch before we got uh, DJ Ivy. Yeah, that is well, to Corey. Yeah, I mean, to Corey, that we talked well, about. I think we talked about this last week. Like, to Corey's going to play because he's going to either play the slot or he's going to play the outside. Like, and he's, he's really important. Yeah, and, and he's, he's going to play because he's good. Yeah, and he's a good talker. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good talker, but he's also, I think, he's a. Yeah, they love him. Like they, they yeah. love his attitude and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, so. exactly. He's. Yeah, he's just a little, I mean, he's everywhere and he's where he's supposed to be. He's where the ball is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyreek, like when I'm thinking about what I want to see most when we get to the spring game, it's the quarterbacks are obviously number one. They always are. Like we could literally be anyone playing quarterback and they'd be number one on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of think Tyreek is number two for me. Not, I don't know how much, you know, it's hard to like kind of evaluate a cornerback because there's always just a chance he doesn't get the ball thrown to him at all. But, um, He's the he's the guy I wish I was getting to see in practice right now. Yeah, uh, Them, but, him in the defensive ends probably. Yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna say that. Speaking of which, that's number eight on my list. That the defensive ends are a total mystery and will remain a mystery until the end of spring and probably even yeah. then. And who said? And somebody today talked about Jafari Harvey. Oh, I know. It was Zion. Zion. Yeah, I asked him. I asked him who who we go. You know, he doesn't go against DeAndre Johnson, who's the uh, transfer. Yep. Uh, he goes against uh, J- Jafari Harvey. And, you know, of course he said he's good, but Jafari Harvey is, uh, I think, 
at least in high school, he was super. So yeah, he was supposedly great up in uh, like the Vero Beach area. And I never saw him play in high school, but people loved him. He was kind of the coup of that class in a lot of ways. Like my Miami yeah. thought they really got a steal with him. Like he didn't have a ton of offers, you know, kind of in a weird area that like no one really like. Right. That's not a Florida recruiting footprint. That's not a Florida State recruiting footprint. That's not a Miami recruiting footprint. So Miami really kind of thought they got a steal there. And and I think he is the guy that has the best chance of that group to like have a breakout type of season and kind of position himself as the next like great defensive end for Miami. And maybe even like vault himself into NFL draft conversations off of one season. Um, but again, we just have no idea because the other barely seen him and cam williams play and we've never really seen deandre johnson play and even last year when he had a good year at tennessee he was kind of playing outside linebacker this year will be a hand in the dirt defensive end um and then there's other like at least we've seen a little bit of cam and jafari harvey like chance williams we have not i I have no idea what he looks like right now Um, (laughs) like guys like that that just we have not seen play at all guys who are good you know chance williams is another big recruit coming out of high school and i think i saw manny mentioned him the other day um but yeah it's it's a total mystery total total mystery yeah and i think i think that part of the game is kind of a nerve-wracking mystery so yeah because it's been the strength for this team for basically the entire manny diaz era right like going back to when he was defensive coordinator they've had great for years if a great defensive ends, even before that, yeah, you're right. Even before that, for years. So I'm, I'm, I, I think we're done with that uh, until we see it. I think there's nothing more we can say. I, again, yeah, it's so yeah, yeah. I think we have to see it, and it, it makes. It, if I'm a Hurricane fan, I'm a little nervous about that position. So okay, that's it. Yeah, I think I agree on that. Um, yeah. all right. Uh, number nine, Dear King looms over everything right now, right? Like that's kind of the it's uh, the. Even if we were getting to see spring, it would be such a weird spring because De'Ara King, we saw last year, like you could make, you could have made a case. He was like the most valuable player in the country, the way he like totally reshaped everything for Miami, obviously their offense, the quarterback play um, and culture wise. And we are talking about this spring. We're talking about this Miami team. We're trying to learn what this team is going to maybe look like come fall and the most important piece of the equation is just missing. It's like, uh, it's like, if you're like, you're like, we could see, we could know everything, everything, but it's like, you're missing the last puzzle piece, right? When you're putting together a puzzle, like you yeah. just have, you, you're not quite sure what, what the, the, those bicycles look like on the, on the jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. The last, the first, the middle. I mean, I, yeah. he's, Everything and everything you said is was was perfectly said. The culture, everything, but also also nationally, people, the media became interested in Miami again because yeah. Derek and and understand it so and he's uh, so so just in in talking about Derek and closing on this subject, I would say that he's uh, he's a, the news that we learned about is that he's been coming to practice every day. He's on crutches, yep. but he's up the signals. Uh, the quarterbacks, after they get uh, reps, are going right to him. He's standing with the coaches. So the quarterbacks are, are conferring with uh, Derek King. He's helping them. He's coaching them. Um, he's doing stuff in practice, not, not on the field, but helping as like an assistant there a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, so he's there for guidance. And I mean, the kid is, there's just, I don't know, there's nothing bad you can say about him. And, and then also um, Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley said he was raved about him yeah. last, on, for last week, last Friday, saying that he was, uh, he was way ahead of schedule. He's, he's killing Demolishing all the records, right? Yeah, except, except Manny. And this was smart. Manny Diaz said, except that now you're in the early stages of rehab. Um, he just hurt himself. He just tore his ACL in December. Right. Yeah. And probably um, had surgery in January. Like had, probably yeah, not even three yeah, months out. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And so now all the other stuff, he, Manny said he could probably start now throwing standing still. I mean, come on. So the thing is now he has to be careful. He has to be careful and not overdo it. And yeah. that's the gist of Derek right now. We're all keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and Mike Harley said he's basically, he, he kind of admitted it. Like that's the reason everyone came back. Right. Is like Derek was the first mm-hmm. domino to fall and everyone else followed. And it's kind of interesting that all these guys came back and now, you know, they're all basically, everyone seems optimistic that he's going to be ready for the fall, but like, yeah, it's still just knows? lingering out there that they all came back and, and who knows. Yeah, uh, good who for Derek too, that I think he's getting this coaching experience, right? Like we all yeah, would love for, to see Derek King become a good NFL quarterback. We, you know, he's got a yeah. lot of, a lot of things working against him for that, but um, it kind of feels like Derek King. And if he's not still in the NFL in five years, we're going to be hearing about him as like a quarterback's coach. Uh somewhere in the country i'm with you all right uh last one uh we've got spring game details sort of we're still waiting to know if they're gonna be fans or anything like that but uh it'll be on tv this year which i remember last year it obviously didn't matter because the spring game didn't happen but wasn't it not gonna be on tv uh yeah wasn't it was it not oh oh i don't i'm not sure about that but um uh, (laughs) I'm glad it's going to be on TV. I'm not convinced. I guess that they're not going to let fans in. I'm not it. When they said that, I was really surprised that they said that they're not going to be fans. Because what? I mean, there were fans gonna... of the games at the regular season games. Yeah, there were fans of the game. And now there are the... fans of baseball games. The COVID situation is still bad. Believe me, it's still bad. The younger, ki- the younger kids, the teenagers, the college students are still getting COVID, mm-hmm. obviously. But I but it's definitely getting better as a whole, the situation as far as fans and older people. So I, I would think they might allow fans, but there I don't know, might be some technical stuff. I don't know, logis- logistical stuff. I don't know, but um, at least fans can see the game and hopefully they show the whole game. Yeah. And, and fans who, think, don't, who still don't want to go to games, right? Like there's still people out there. Who yeah, of course. Don't want to go to games. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, but I, um, you know, I hope we can go. I hope they let the media go, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I think I'm, we'll be able to go. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's 11 a.m. April 17th. Everyone that's a at Hard Rock, right? Yeah. Now, by the way, they it's a Hard Rock. They canceled Thursday's practice or or Cam or maybe they didn't cancel it, but they didn't. I don't know if you noticed that, they, but this Saturday they didn't. They, they said, yeah, they said there was no availability. This practice. Yeah. On Saturday. Well, so I don't yes. know if the, this schedule is officially public, one, but yeah, they're basically right. going Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Right. But I guess maybe because they practiced Monday this week, they just are skipping Saturday. Maybe. And, and maybe there's no scrimmage Saturday. One. Saturday usually becomes a scrimmage day. Right. And it's too early to be a scrimmage. Right. But maybe they add one at the end. I don't know yet. At the end. as like Oh, one. right. Right. Because you get 15. 
Yeah, you got 15. To get, yeah, maybe I, that last Monday after the spring game we'll or something. Know. We'll find out soon enough. About yeah. It. But, yeah. All right, I think we can finish up there. Um, yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening, everyone. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. She's got most of your coverage of Miami uh, spring football this week. So uh, check out MiamiHerald.com uh slash sports click on the miami hurricanes thing up at the top and you'll get all of your uh all of your miami stories from the week um as i said today you wrote about zion nelson and the offensive line earlier this week you wrote about tyler van dyke um you wrote about dr king obviously i'll be writing a little bit about dr king on friday Mm -hmm. um so you guys can check all of that out you can follow me on twitter at db wilson too i'm also uh moved pretty close to full-time onto the Florida Panthers beat the first place place Florida Panthers. So um, if you want to get on that bandwagon, you can follow me there. Um, you got anything else before you got to go? Yeah. You're the good luck charm for the Panthers. Seriously. Yeah. They've been on fire since I started, but they've been, <laughs> they were playing well even before I got over there. So um, me and me and Jordan McPherson are sort of uh, the, we're the diff- we're the real difference makers this year. <laughs> All right, Susan, thanks as always, uh, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone.